Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of the Sports Night Podcast. Uh, we're trying something new. Uh, we're trying to see if people are interested in a quote live podcast. It's, uh, it's not quite uh, enough safety out there to go and uh, do a live in front of an audience at a restaurant or something. Uh, we also would, uh, wouldn't mind a sponsor or two to to house us but uh so we're trying out there uh seeing if people want to connect with us on zoom and we do have uh, a couple people here whether they will uh, speak up uh, or not is the question but uh thank you all so much for uh coming on our zoom and uh listening uh if you're listening to this afterwards uh, one familiar voice you'll uh, probably hear is uh that of cole who has been on a couple of times uh, both this season and last. Uh, thanks for joining us, Cole. Always happy to be here, Justin. Thank you so much. We will uh, try this again uh, later on. We have some great discussion questions that we'll save for when we get uh, more of an audience. Uh, but we do have some news that will unite us all. The main reason why we have uh, this podcast is to spread positivity and show all the positive things that come from sports and everything associated with that. Although the first uh, story isn't quite so uh, uplifting, but uh, baseball is back, which is a very exciting thing. Uh, it's probably the most excited I've been for baseball to return. It's because... Uh, I think so. I think so. You know, hockey's going on. Hockey's been excellent. Uh, but, uh, you know, some nights when your team's not playing and some bad teams are playing uh you, you need something else to watch you need something and else to watch and baseball always means when baseball comes back spring is here and that means winter is pretty much done i say that and you can get three storms uh in the month of march april even into may here in canada but besides the point that is a-okay it means spring is here Many experts have started to uh, put out their odds of what teams might make the playoffs or might win. Uh, according to fan graphs, they are not a big fan of one team in particular, uh, and that is the Baltimore Orioles, because they gave them a 0.0% chance of making the playoffs. They're the only team not to have at least a 0.1% <laughs> or 0.9%. Uh, they were they have 0.0% chance of making the playoffs. Is that a little too harsh? I mean, I think a little. Or is that like, like they haven't any done expectation many big trades, because but... uh, they, they're not supposed to be good? I guess you never know with baseball. Like, I mean, you could probably tell looking at some of the other lineups compared to them, but I guess you can't do any worse than what they're predicting. <laughs> right? You can only go up from there. <laughs> uh, we have essentially what might be the greatest volunteer position ever. Uh, Mike Babcock is heading back to coaching and heading back to Saskatchewan to be the head coach of the University of Saskatchewan Huskies for the next two years on a volunteer basis. The school is saving themselves a ton of money. Uh, of course, he's still getting paid uh, from his last NHL contract. Uh, so 
uh, is this the best volunteer uh, a school could ever ask for? I think so. I mean, who would have thought Mike Babcock coming to the Canadian University and coaching? But I don't know. I guess you got to build yourself back up after the last few seasons with the Leafs. Well, I think that's his ultimate is to get back to the NHL. But uh, many great coaches and players have played in the U Sports realm. Many kids who play a year or two in the OHL, WHL, QMJHL, uh, if they're, they get injured or they're not getting good playing time, they will go to play in the U sport, get a degree, play four years of hockey. Sometimes that's the end of your career uh, professionally, but uh, sometimes not. So uh, having such a high caliber coach teaching young players can only benefit uh, the Canadian U sport system, uh, the you know Western League. Uh, and Absolutely. Uh, it's, it starts right now because you got to start recruiting. There's no uh, playing right now, but uh, you got to start recruiting. You're going to have lots of players with eligibility still because they didn't play this year. And then you're going to have a huge drop off when you have double or even triple people graduating or not having enough eligibility left. You got to fill those gaps. Yeah. And I mean, what better way to recruit than, Come play for Mike, Mike Babcock. Like, okay. And uh, curling, the curling bubble is underway uh, with Woo-hoo. the uh, Scotties uh, being played right now. And uh, one uh, kind of sad story to come out of it, but uh, putting a positive spin uh, Team Saskatchewan has one extra team member with them this year. Uh, back in October 2019, uh, a promising young curler, uh, Ali, tra- tragically passed away from complications after giving birth to her third child. Uh, she was only 30 years old and a very high-level competitive curler, and her dream was to represent her province uh, at the Scotties. Unfortunately, she never got to reach uh, that dream uh, and participate at the National Curling Championships, Uh, But this year, her team, Team Anderson, is there, and they brought her jersey jacket, and it's there with them at ice level. Uh, They feel her spirits as the team competes, and uh, it's uh, kind of a great way to honor uh, a promising young curler that uh, didn't quite uh, make it to the national championships, uh, but probably would have one day. Wow, that's absolutely an amazing story. Very tragic, but glad to see how they're honoring her for this year's championships. 47 days after heart surgery, King Henrik is on the ice and beginning the process of returning. Now, he won't be playing this season, uh, but September is only half a year away, basically, and uh, he's looking good, still handsome as ever. Uh, but uh, he looks like he will suit up next year for uh, the Capitals. And uh, they definitely need some uh, some goaltending help this year. So uh, it's going to be a good welcome site uh, for them next season. That'd be amazing if he could make that comeback already. I mean, the fact that he's already on the ice is a great progress on that. 
And the Capitals definitely need that help. Ovi and the boys need uh, need a little more goaltending. Back to curling in the bubble. We now have a new goat of curling. Do we even start that discussion? Um, but Why not? Every sport's got one. Jennifer Jones has become the all-time win leader at the Scotties. And that's just at the Scotties. After besting the old record held by Colleen Jones, no relation, uh, record was 153. And uh, that's, uh, she just beat that. And there are more games to be played. So uh, it's just going to grow. That's 153 insane. wins at the Canadian Championships is just bonkers to think of. That's unheard of. I mean, only she can do that. And who knows how many wins she'll end up with at the end of this, even this just this season. Right. And firstly, you have to consistently keep getting to that championship, which also means you have to keep winning uh, to represent your province to make it to that championship. Uh, And you have to be good. You have to constantly win. You always have to be on your toes because one or two bad curly matches and that's it. You're Uh, toast. Yeah, you're toast. So if you don't watch curling or uh, not, uh, not very popular in your country, Watch the curling, the Canadian Women's Championship, the Scotties are on right now. Uh, look for Team Manitoba and look for Jennifer Jones because uh, you're going to watch a master class in curling. So let's look at her resume. She's from Manitoba, born in Winnipeg. She's made it to the Canadian Championship, or the Scotties as they're known, 16 times since 2002. Wow. So for the past 20 years... She has made it to the Scotties 16 times. That's an 80% chance that Jennifer Jones will be at the Scotties either representing Manitoba or being Team Canada. Because at our curling championships, if you won the last years, you don't have to requalify. You make it as representing Team Canada at the curling. It's very unique for the sporting world. I mean, if that doesn't define a GOAT in a sport of curling, you can't, there ain't one then. She is it. Right. So she's won the tournament six times. So she's six for 16, which if I'm doing a very quick math, results are undefined, eh? Interesting. She has a 37% win ratio for the Scotties, where, I mean, really, you don't get anything greater. Other, I guess, Tom Brady has a better percentage, but still, you, you can't argue with that. And she's uh, represented Canada at the Olympics one time, winning gold. So that's the other thing, too, is you have to win the Olympic qualifying tournament to represent Canada. You don't just get chosen to be team Canada for curling. So once every four years, they have a tournament. You have to get, uh, you either have to win or get invited to that tournament. So she's been able to uh, win it once. And uh, when she didn't waste her chance by winning gold, uh, when she did represent Canada. That just goes to show you 
her dominance in the sport. And we're going to head to our Olympic countdown. We're getting ever so close with baseball starting. Spring is on the way. That means we're slowly inching our way towards the summer, which means Olympics. And not only Olympics, uh, Euros are coming in June. So we'll definitely have uh, a look at that closer to the tournament. But our sport today is... We've made it out of the A's and we've made it out of the B's. We're on to the C's now with canoeing. Everyone's uh, favorite misunderstood sport because canoeing usually gets roped in with kayaking, which are two completely different. But there are two different events in the canoeing realm. There are slalom, uh, which I feel like more people might recognize because you have to build your slalom course uh, and add kind of rapids and it's downhill and there are little kind of poles hanging from the sky it might look like and you have to fit in between them uh, just like skiing you have to make it in between the flags uh, you have to make it in between the poles and the slalom and sometimes you have to do a complete 160 and if you miss you're disqualified. It's very, very intense. And then the sprints, which is the ones that usually get roped in with the uh, with the rowing because they take place on the same course. Uh, but the sprints are usually you're on one knee and just rowing or sprinting on a on a canoe just as fast as you can. Uh, it's again very, very intense crazy muscle that you need for that and you're just sprinting uh have you, know you know ever you tried uh, sprint canoeing i can't say i have ever done that i don't think i could uh go more than probably 10 meters um there was a guy in my high school that actually represented team canada for sprint canoeing which is a fun fact but no, there I've seen it. It's it's insane. Now in the in the slalom one, might people might say that it's kayaking. Uh, not called kayaking at the Olympics. It's under canoeing. So there you go. Uh, but it is still taking place. And uh, to qualify, again, everything's messed up with qualification. Uh, so uh, who knows when these uh, full qualification will happen, uh, but uh, it has been set and quotas and everything uh, were set back in 2018, uh, as you do to set up for the Olympics. In the slalom event, you have two events, both for men and women, the C1 and the K1. Do you want to guess what the C and the K mean? C for canoe and K for kayak. Oh. So yes, you are correct. The C and the K, canoe, kayak, it's all listed under uh, canoeing at the Olympics. But uh, the canoe and kayak just kind of means the different style of boat. Uh, again, if you are uh, in a kayak, you're going to be seated. If you're in a canoe, you're usually, you're definitely on one knee and just paddling the heck out of your body to get the boat uh, 
through the course as fast as possible. So the slalom, like I said, those imaginary uh, poles that hang from the heavens, uh, both in the C and the K1, and uh, there's the, both the men and the women for that. In the sprint, it's where it gets a little bit confusing. Not confusing, but we see the difference of the old style of uh, how the Olympics used to be set up and how we still need a little bit of time to uh, catch up, if you will, with a society today. So in the sprint, there are different distances. So uh, there's the C and the K, uh, both styles are featured. Now the men and women do a lot of different distances. So there's uh, 200 meter, 500 meter uh, in the C1 and C2. So there are tandem uh, canoe and kayak events. So those are for the women. The men have a thousand meter C1 event and a thousand meter C2 event. Oh. So very big differences. So the C1 is just 200 meters for the women, a thousand meters for the men. And the C2 is 500 for the women, 1,000 for the men. So the men don't differ. Uh, it just, for the women, it's very big differences. In the K, they have K1, 200 meters, both men and women. So that's a very big, fast sprint. K1, 500 meters for the women. K1, 1,000 meters for the men. K2, 500 meters for the women, K2, 1,000 for the men. And there's a K4 now, 500 meters for both men and women. Uh, wow. That's going to be very, it's going to be a lot. Um, that's going to be a race to watch. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a race to watch. Uh, so the qualification format has not changed since the uh, 2012 or 2016 format. Uh, so uh, for the slalom events, uh, qualifications were allocated to the National Olympic Committees, uh, not to specific competitors. So again, we've seen this in, uh, in events already that have lots of competitors. You don't qualify as a person. Uh, you're, you qualify based on your National Olympic Committee and kind of the uh, area that you qualify in. So here in North America, it would be uh, Pan American uh, in some things. It could be North America uh, or uh, and then South America are divided. It all depends on the sports and how many athletes compete altogether. Uh, and then they divide it up like that. In total, there are 258 spots. Wow. And that's, that's a lot of spots. Right now, there are 172 boats qualified. Um, now, of course, not all qualification has happened. So there's that. Now, the way to qualify, uh, of course, you represent. So you earn a qualification for your country, uh, thus giving your country a spot. Uh, so world championships, 18 qualification spots were available for the K1 event and 11 for the C1 event, the continental qualification events. So that's where you have your Oceania, your Africa, your Pan America, your Asia, your European. Uh, they're all gonna be, uh, sometimes it's canoe slalom. So they just 
kind of mix them all together. Uh, now, some have happened. Uh, the World Championships happened in 2019. Usually, they try and match it up so it's a year out from the Olympics, and that happened in September. Uh, some events happened. Uh, the Oceania one happened in February of 2020, uh, and that was it. Everything else was after post-pandemic and uh, has been shifted to sometime in 2021. Sometime. Uh, sometime. Uh, now, Japan does get at least one boat in there for being the host nation. Uh, and coming through the qualification, I won't go through all of them, uh, but uh, there's lots of boats. Men K1, Canada, US, Brazil, New Zealand, Sweden, Portugal, Great Britain, Czech Republic, Spain, Russia, just a few countries, the C1, uh, Switzerland, Ireland, Canada, Great Britain, Czech Republic. So France, Great Britain, Canada, uh, US, uh, Australia, New Zealand are really big powerhouses in uh, the canoe kayak uh, world. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, how, they, how they do this coming with the additional break. Uh, Cook Islands has a qualification in the women's K1. Uh, it's a country you don't really see in this type of event, but uh, good to see that their uh, other nations are coming up and qualifying. Andorra, another one as well. Yeah, it's great to see those countries. So, really so far, out. yeah, so far there are, um, there are uh, not every position is filled. So there's still one, two, three, four, for uh, championships to be had. So those are the uh, continental championships. And then there are invitations that the Olympic committees get and then reallocation because you can only qualify so many boats based on your uh, national Olympic committee. So like I said, uh, qualifications are only given to uh, specific countries and you can only have so many so if you have more so if Canada qualifies 18 times you're not sending 18 teams to the Olympics <laughs> so after so if Canada fills its allotment of six same thing with the United States uh, then maybe at the Pan American Championships if uh, you know Mexico or Brazil or Chile uh, finishes fourth uh, and Canada US qualify finish one two in a race uh, those qualifications trickle down to the next base place team that isn't filled is that fair that's how it is you want uh, the Olympics are about growth in sports so there are those uh, competitions where countries don't normally arrive but this could be the catalyst to making it uh, a big wave in canoe kayak in the Cook Islands. Who knows? You never know. That's how it starts. In the sprints, uh, National Olympic committees are limited to one boat per event uh, and six and six for men and women for the kayaking. So qualification, qualification uh you have to qualify, obviously, allowing that country to participate. And again, it goes to the country, not the paddler or team of paddlers. So the way to qualify, again, is the World Championships. Or uh, you can qualify through the World Cup. Uh, continental qualification events. Uh, Japan as host country. 
And then there the kind of reallocation and last minute um, invitations. So some of these, again, qualifications have happened. A little bit more have happened. So the sprint world championships happened in 2019. Uh, Africa uh, qualifies their individuals through the African Games in 2019 as uh, sprint is part of their um program the oceana olympic uh, qualifier obviously happened in 2020 and then again there's the rest that have not qualified because they haven't happened so there's still the pan-american the asian the european and somewhere in there the sprint world cup how it's different from the world championships i don't know what the difference is and uh you guys don't want to see me try and research this because we're doing this really fast because we were supposed to have discussion questions with all the participants who are probably asleep right now because it's been a long week but uh yeah so far uh lots of different boats have qualified already for uh the different distances uh for both the men and the women uh, but there are still uh, positions left to be filled. Uh, Samoa, Cook Islands uh, have qualified in some of the uh, men's kayaking. So the 1,000, the 200, just quickly looking over. Uh, oh, a very Sao Tome and Principe, uh, a country in Africa, has qualified for the C2-1000. That's uh, interesting. I can't Look say uh, I have really heard of that country before. So that's uh, very interesting. See, the best part of the Olympics, you learn geography. That's why Knowledge. I was so good at geography. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are a ton of different countries already qualified and still a ton more positions to be filled. Uh, and I'm thinking maybe that Canoe Sprint World Cup won't happen, uh, but we'll uh, we'll see. So uh, maybe they'll just uh, I'll do it over Zoom. <laughs> they'll hook Go up pro. to a rowing machine and then blame the <laughs> rowing machine that it uh, that it's that's the reason why it didn't uh, didn't take off. Well, uh, canoeing is uh, scheduled for the slalom to take place between uh, July 25th and 30th. And the sprint is taking place between August 2nd and 7th. Let's hope that it's going to happen. I think it will. I, I don't see why not. It's a very social distance sport. Uh, I think in general, they'll, they'll figure out a way. Canoeing oh, has... Absolutely. Uh, been at the Olympics consistently since the 1936 Berlin Games. Uh, it was a demonstration sport at the 1924 Paris Games, took a few years off, and has been a mainstay since 1936. Of course, the different distances and sprints and canoe kayaking, uh, that has obviously been different. Uh, some of them appearing in the 72 games uh, and the four and the many of the women's events are new this year for the 2020. Um, and uh, yeah, canoeing is uh, 
pretty much the slalom is very new, uh, only being featured uh, first at the 72 games, taking a break and has been part of the program since 92. So the slalom is still fairly new uh, for the Olympic program, but the sprints uh, have been around different differences, distances since 1936. Germany, uh, powerhouse at the uh, canoe kayak, same thing with Hungary. Uh, they're the top two in the medal count with 70 and 80 altogether total. Um, yeah, lots of European countries are very good at the rowing. Um, and New Zealand, Australia too, up there as well. Canada, United States, uh, 24 and 16 medals. Great Britain, 17. So it's very much a European uh, dominated sport. I feel like I see that with how rowing and things like that is huge in the European compared to like Canadian and US. And uh, we won't go through all the medal winners for the 2016. Um, but again, in 2016, Germany held the top spot with seven different medals, uh, held the, the most as, as well with four gold. Spain and Hungary had four and three. Uh, Great Britain had four as well, but uh, finished in fourth because they didn't have as many gold medals. Uh, and yeah, lots of countries with two or one. Um, well, uh, that's going to do it for this experimental episode. Um, what, uh, what are some things you're looking forward to uh, this weekend? Any exciting matches coming up? Going uh, to explore outside? Heard uh, you're going back to the gym. Yes, I am. What are you uh, looking forward to the most uh, this weekend? Well, definitely a few hockey games and some basketball games and maybe start to think about March Madness coming up in a few weeks. You can never be, you can never be too, uh, too, plan too much planning going for that. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, the tournament's going to happen like we talked about. Uh, so it's uh, you gotta you gotta plan really really hard to get your bracket busted this year. So uh, yeah. that's that's gonna be uh, on everyone's mind in the next couple of weeks as uh, the bracket comes out and people get really frustrated on uh, how badly they did, but they can blame it this time on the pandemic. So it's not their fault. Yeah, absolutely. But hopefully, get some nice sun. And go for go out and get some fresh air this weekend you never know well thank you uh for everyone listening in uh secretly not uh not uh adding anything to the podcast but uh logging on and uh we'll be planning another one of these hopefully more people can attend we will save these discussion questions certainly a very interesting episode uh, but uh, thanks all for listening and uh, don't forget to sport on. Woo!